This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joy podcast from LGBTQIA plus community radio station, Joy 94.9. For more information and tons of other podcasts, head to joy.org.au. One thing's for sure, Warren, we've all sort of stopped a little bit in the world, but the news keeps on ticking, life keeps on going, and sadly for all of us, I believe, Ruth Bader Ginsburg um, ended her struggle with oh, pancreatic cancer on Friday Saturday, Friday night. What a terrible way to introduce the, the Foster Report. Richard, are you with us? I am with you loud and clear, Dee, and Warren, how are you both? We're well, We're thanks. Great. How are you, Richard? Oh, doing suitably well. Uh, look, great to see some sunshine out again today. I've got to say, it takes the edge off a bit, doesn't it? Good news. It certainly does. Are you sitting outside in your jocks? My word, I am. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> no images, please. He's popped his jocks on just for the event. <laughs> Richard, terrible news coming from the States with the death of the formidable RBG. Look, a, a real loss, isn't she? A real loss. You know, one of, one of the people who, who just has to be undoubtedly the most influential and admired jurists of our time in the States, I think. Mm. And um, in a, in a, particularly in a time that, I mean, her, since she's, well, I don't know if you've seen the movie of her life, but in the time since she was f- first took the bench to now, I mean, so much has changed Absolutely, you know. From I mean, we're talking about someone who was born in into the recession, uh, depression rather, mm. depression in 1933, um, in Brooklyn. You know, one of the most underprivileged areas in the states, and and rose to become a Supreme Court justice of the sort of note that she was. You know, it, it couldn't be understated. Uh, it to to think about what the last 87 years um, would have brought her and the times that she would have seen change, and indeed the times that she was such a part of changing. Um, it's just remarkable to imagine. And again, you, you rightly refer to the movie, uh, Dee, and uh, if people haven't seen it, highly recommended watch. I mean, it takes you through a lot of that. It's called On the Basis of Sex, because there's also a documentary about yep. it on yes, Netflix. I, I, I think. Oh, look, if you can get either of them, there's good reports about both. And as far as I can tell, it will take you through these 87 years quite well. Mm. Richard, it was, I know she, she's had a history of... Um, illness. I know in 99 she had colon cancer, she's had pancreatic cancer. She she declared herself cancer-free in January this year and I remember when that happened and I thought, oh good, you know, everything's good because mm. Trump's you know, coming up to the, the end of his first term um, and then obviously this has reappeared. So she's been a phenomenal woman medically as well and physically mm. to, to, to put up with it. For this was of. absolutely her stated aim this year, 2020, was her goal for her human self was to make it to the election so that she could yeah. hold the bench seat. I mean, I don't know what the um, allocation of High Court judges is like and if it is as political as this in Australia, Richard, I'm not sure. But it's yeah. very, very divisive in the States, right? Certainly is in the states. There, I mean, I don't think you can ignore that politics plays a part in um, high court justice. Uh, sorry, yeah, high court justice appointments in Australia. Um, I suppose the key differences are that it goes to the uh, the whole of Parliament uh, in Australia to then ask the Governor General to appoint a high court judge. Mm. So 
I guess the debate is um, probably a bit longer and a bit louder. Um, in the States, it's certainly loud, but it's contained. And mm. it's only really getting the prominence, or this one, this appointment, is only really getting the prominence that it is um, because of the impending presidential election. I mean, if this yeah. had happened mid-term, it simply wouldn't be the issue that it is now. No, and I think some people are call. Uh, I don't know why that's happening. I think some people are calling on Trump to hold off on the announcement, like hold off on the, to, yeah. to do the right thing. As, as, which, which, is, is, which is a way of saying to Trump, just do it, because yeah, he's going to... That's right. <laughs> But in in terms of why she was such a beloved member of the um, our community, she and certainly in terms of women's rights, in terms of her work, tireless work to get through the Roe v Wade and the legislation that followed, in terms of the um, a woman's right to choose, but also her tireless work to get the LGBT community on a more equal footing through the law. Absolutely. Well, I mean, she played a, an enormous part in that decision, um, in the most recent decision in 2015, ushering in marriage equality across all 50 states. It was actually, I read something, I, look, I didn't read the whole decision, I must confess, but I, I did read um, a, a couple of interesting quotes from her. One really stood out to me and she was very quick. And this is, this is unusual in these sorts of proceedings where judges sort of provide a rolling commentary on their views as the decisions are being, are being for, or, or judgments are being formed. But she didn't hold back on this one. And one of the comments that she made, the, the, the whole procreation argument was being made by opponents to the law or to the right, for, uh, marri- the right to marriage equality. Um, and whilst this procreation argument was being put up, <laughs> the, uh, the, the beloved Judge Ginsburg says, um, says well, if, if this argument is to be held, would you apply the same thing then to a 70-year-old heterosexual couple? that they should have the right to marry when they have no hope of procreation whatsoever. <laughs> and, <laughs> exactly. You know, and, there, and this, this was one of many, I should point out, one of many. I don't have time to go through them all, but I thought it was a good one that stands out. Please. Why, you know, why, do you think, why do you think it is, Richard, that people, I know my friends in the States at the moment are like, oh, no, this is going to set us back 10 years, and oh, no, this is a real blow for democracy. And I was talking to our friend Fiona Scott-Norman, who we had on just a little while ago. We were talking about this issue, and she said, I'm more worried for the democracy of America America if it hinges mm. on the health of an 87-year-old judge, which is sort of mm. key. Well, well, it, it hinged in part on an 87-year-old judge. Um, we've seen some interesting decisions from, uh, from the Supreme Court in the States. There's, as other um, observers I've, I've spoken to in the last couple of days have thrown around, the, uh, the decisions um, of the Supreme Court have bounced around a little bit and haven't actually been straight down those progressive versus conservative lines. Um, that they're often expected to to be. Yeah, obviously, President Trump is going to want to shore that up. Uh, he really only had one conservative majority on the bench of the Supreme Court. If he gets another one on, that will be two in his favour should mm. he need it down the track. Could only imagine why that might be. So, really, this is, this is his opportunity to shore it up. But it, it's... It really was the case, though, that with only, you know, a majority of one, there was no guarantee that, you know, conservative decisions were going to be held all the time. And indeed they weren't, as we saw in that 2015 decision on marriage equality. Exactly. And they're not, they're not compelled to vote as a pack. No. 
No, not at all. And they have they they have split off numerous times. And they're life terms, aren't they, for the appointments to the Supreme Court? Quite right. Another difference in Australia. I mean, we we force them out when they hit seventy, but in the states, you can stay as long as you. <laughs> it's like. just like a drive time radio host lifetime appointments. <laughs> <laughs> well, they should be, D. They rightly should. And foster reporters, <laughs> uh, Richard. What's happening locally? Just quickly, we've got about one minute left. Oh, just quickly, it was interesting to see a, a, a pop quiz taken of former leaders on on Daniel Andrews over the weekend. Tony Wright from uh, the uh, the nine papers wrote it up. Um, basically, no surprises whatsoever. Leaders from across the political spectrum spoken to, they all landed exactly where you thought they might. Two people stood out to me, though. Former Premier Ted Ballew, former Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull, both said they wouldn't want to criticise a leader whilst he's up against such challenges. You know, that would just be improper. But, of course, it didn't stop uh, Jeff Kennett and others from piling on. So it was, really? it was an interesting read. I thought Jeff Kennett and Mr Kennett had passed that phase of his no, life. No, he's been quite mellowed. critical. Really? Clearly Dan not. Andrews, no, yeah. still, yeah, absolutely. Still got a lot to say. And look, Dan Andrews is obviously no fan of Jeff Kennett either. I've got to say, it's gone both ways with those two. Yeah, yeah, well, that, that's interesting. But, you know, Ted Bailey being a bit more moderate. Yeah. Well, that's right, as was Malcolm Turnbull, I've got to say. And, uh, look, I spoke to Malcolm Turnbull just a few weeks ago in another interview and he made similar comments of Scott Morrison. Uh, right. He also said, well, I wouldn't want to pass commentary right now. The, you know, the, the proof will be there for people to judge in the future, but right now you let them get on with the job. Which means that he's poli- he thinks his own political career is over. That's how I'd I read that. I'd be interested that. to see what he says about <laughs> yeah. Scott Morrison announcing that he might uh, fund, through the government, a, uh, a gas-fired power station in New South Wales. Or maybe if Scott Morrison was to offer Malcolm Turnbull a High Court appointment, it might change his view. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we can't just send them all to the UK, you know. We've got to, we've got to find jobs for them here as well. Accommodate some of them, you reckon? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, probably. Thanks for the Foster Report, Richard. We'll see you this time next week. This is Joy Drive with Dan Warren. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community radio station, Joy 94.9. For more podcasts or to support Joy by becoming a member, donating or subscribing, head to joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.